Welcome to Fashion Talks, the podcast about observing the world through the lens of fashion. We are live at Toronto Fashion Week here at Yorkville Village. We have an audience. Audience, say hello. And I'm your host, Donna Bishop, and I am thrilled today to be joined by Elizabeth Peyton-Jones. Elizabeth is passionate about changing people's perceptions. After two days of working one-to-one with clients, lecturing, writing, consulting, and broadcasting on food, health, cooking, and lifestyle, her two books, Cook Yourself Young and Eat Yourself Young, were translated into seven languages and are still beautiful and relevant today. The next perception she wanted to change was the attitude towards models and modeling. Realizing that there was no protection, age limit, or code of conduct and behavior, and the industry was allowing bad behavior, sexual misconduct, misconduct, eating disorders, and debt bondage within the industry, as well as fears of scamming, human and sex trafficking from the outside, she formed the responsible trust for models to change all of that. Elizabeth, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. And all the way from England. Thank you very much. That was a lovely introduction. So I'd like to start a little bit at the beginning because you've come to the fashion and modeling industry through kind of a roundabout way. Could you tell us a little bit about how you became involved with the industry and what inspired you to start the Responsible Trust for Models? Well, Donna, it was um, very roundabout. As you say, I spent 20 years as a uh, practitioner and um, healthcare practitioner. And I, during my time, I found that there was a lot of eating disorders and mental health issues within the model industry because I was treating a lot of models. And then I was asked to do a diet for models because people were very fascinated by size zero and the fact that they were, you know, models were so skinny and everyone was saying, oh, feed them, feed them, do a diet for them. And so I thought, well, okay, let's have a look at the industry and see what's going on in the industry that's causing this um, eating disorder and, and the skinny models. So not just looking at the food and the diet, but digging deeper to see what is causing yes. that need. Yes, because as a healthcare profession, when you're dealing with an individual and somebody comes to you with an eating disorder, you never really look at the food. You look at what is causing that situation to occur. So I looked at the industry a little bit like I would an individual. And I thought, okay, in the industry, what is happening to create this? And what I found actually was that there was rather alarming um, situations going on from the abuse of power, uh, sexual misconduct. And for me, quite importantly, was um, the fact that models were not getting paid on time. So sometimes it would be eight months to a year before they were paid, which meant that they got into what was called debt poverty. And debt poverty is actually, it's a term for modern slavery because no matter how much they were working, they were never able to pay off their debt. And if somebody can't pay to live, they will do pretty much anything in order to earn that money. So that's when they were getting into trouble. And you've got to remember, by the very nature of the industry, you're talking about children. So you're talking about sometimes you know, 15, 16-year-olds, sometimes younger. Sometimes they're scouted at 12, 13 years old. So 
for me, just because it was a very glamorous industry, people looked very beautiful, they were wearing beautiful clothes, what I saw were people that were being abused, boys and girls, who were not eating for a week, who were in debt. And is, did you learn all of this through your conversations with clients? Like, what was the process of your education this way? Because it sounds like it must have been quite an alarming rabbit hole that you found yourself tumbling down. Was that <laughs> what the process was like? Like, how long was the, was the process of you, you know, doing all of this research before, well, not research, you were helping clients, before you ended up wanting to take action? Well, no, it was research, actually. So okay. I, I spent a year and a half um, traveling the world. I went to, you know, Paris. Um, I went to Italy. I, I went to New York. I came to Canada, England. Um, I spoke with the Commonwealth, um, Commonwealth Fashion Council and the British Fashion Council and the um, Camera de la Moda. And, you know, I spoke to everybody that I could. I spoke to modeling agents, models, the general public, um, brands, stylists, casting directors, photographers, and I got a view of the industry. And what I found was very troubling from the fact that although it was a profession, these, um, these kids were not being professionalized. There was no training, so there was no step up into modeling, which meant two things. One is they don't know what their job is, and there's, the second thing is they were given no self-esteem because they were given... Uh, you know, the attitude that, oh, you're beautiful, you've won the gene lottery, you know, the world is your oyster, get on with it. And actually, modeling's not like that. It's an extremely demanding, very difficult, exhausting job, and you have to be very, very savvy. And now, added to that, you have social media, which requires you to be on 24-7. And, and when did you decide to start... I'm going to kind of start at the ending a little bit and ask you to tell us, like, what is the Responsible Models Trust? So, um, the Responsible Trust for Models Trust is... Trust for Models, my bad, no, no, sorry. No, no, don't worry, RTM, is... It's an organization which works with the fashion industry to support and protect um, models, giving them the best possible chance of a career. Um, while developing a safety net for them as well. So we work, if you follow the money, basically, the brands are the ones that are responsible. You know, they employ the models. So we are encouraging brands to step up and understand that in employment, you know, they need to ensure that best practice is actually being maintained. So you're working with the brands as well as working with the, the young models and their, their parents or guardians who are entering the industry as well? So we're putting a certification over modeling agencies. Amazing. The, the modeling agencies are the ones who take care of models. And so they are the ones that are most transparent. And globally, they are the ones that are most easily um, audited. So, so that I can be a neutral organization with no um, axe to grind, as it were, I step back and I allow an agency which does certification to create the certification, put it over the modeling agencies, and independently audit it in 120 countries. So um, what you have is a system which is um, independent but brand-led. 
if that makes sense. It makes total sense. And, you know, we're here at Toronto Fashion Week, so obviously we are all lovers of the industry. We were part of the industry. It can be a difficult conversation to sort of pull back, pull back the curtain a little bit and look at the, the, the mechanics of how business and, is often done. It, have, you had, have you experienced people not wanting to engage in the conversation with you? What's been the response like from the beginning when you first started this three, three years ago is when yeah, you started? Yeah, three years ago. What was, what was it like then and what is it like now when you talk to people? Well, I mean... <laughs> I, I, She's at a loss for words. It's that different, yes. No, I love your analogy of the rabbit hole because it, it did feel a little bit like the rabbit hole. I was around, like digging myself into a big hole. But um, I... It is a difficult conversation. I mean, three years ago, people didn't want to have this conversation full stop. So they cut me dead completely. This doesn't happen in this industry. This is what happened in the past. You know, this is completely different now. Everything is completely different now. Um, but then with Weinstein, with Me Too, Time's Up, of course, everything exploded and suddenly the conversation was out there to be had. And now people are, you know, people within the industry are willing to listen and I think the general public are maybe um, a little bit more sympathetic as well to what is happening in behind what is happening behind the scenes because they can kind of see it more. Um, not well, that I would ever want to take away the glamour of this industry because it's a hugely glamorous industry and everybody loves it and everybody's informed by it and we all love and wear fashion and, and so. Well, because this isn't about taking down the fashion industry. No, it's about not. bolstering the industry up so it can be even better than it currently is. Yes, I mean, it's about creating safety. It's about creating safety nets for very, very young people and ensuring them the best possible careers. Because at the moment, they are almost disposable in the way that they are treated. So they're a new face for one show. And then the next season, they're not wanted because they've been seen already. But that poor model has probably been dying to do that show since they were 12 or 13. They've reached the age of 16. They've done one show and suddenly they're not needed anymore. Well, I'm glad so you mentioned the age because when we were talking previously, something that I found really surprising is I, I have friends who work in the film and television industry. And if you're a child actor, there are all kinds of safeties and procedures and riders and everything in place to protect you. But modeling, not so much. No, I mean, the, the, the reason is, is because, I mean, one, the reason it, one of the reasons it took me such a long time to research the industry was because it's actually very complex the way it's been put together. And models are self-employed. They employ model agencies. So when it seems weird that a modeling agency could then abuse somebody that's employing them. Do you see what I'm saying? So they, so there is a, there is a, there's a mixed message there. But because they're very young, these kids, abnormal behavior is made normal very early on. And Tell that's why abuse is allowed that. to happen. Can you give us some examples of things that you talk to, to, to younger models and whatnot about? What are some concrete examples that you came across? So, I mean, um, anything from nudity. So they turn up at a shoot and they're expecting it to be a clothing 
shoot and suddenly they're told that, oh no, I think this shot would look so much better if you took your top off. Like, oh, well, I don't know if I really want to take my top off. No, you have to take your top off for the shot because it's going to look better. Do you want to work or don't you want to work? And they're thinking, oh, I'm in debt and I need the money. And if I walk out, I'm not going to get paid. So they go, oh, okay, well, can I ring my agency? And the agency says, do you want to work or don't you want to work? And they're 16 and they have no chaperone. And they're thinking, I've waited since I was 12 to do this. Who is going to say no? Right. And are all agencies, I mean, I'm sure, you know, there are those who are listening and those of us here who are thinking, oh, but it can't be in every agency. Like, is this just a small part of the industry? Like, how widespread is this kind of behavior in your experience? There are agencies who um, try really hard to to do well and do good by their um, by their models, and there are some exceptional agencies out there that really, really look after their models well. The problem about not having any certification over modeling agencies is that anybody can pose as a model agent, and anyone can set up a model agency. So there is a problem where you know, you can just go up to anybody in a mall and say, you look beautiful, I'm going to make you famous, come with me. And they sign up a few models, they call themselves a model agent. But then before you know it, you know, they're scamming, there's very inappropriate behavior, et cetera, et cetera. And that's part of the protection that you are trying to put in place in terms of that certification of modeling agencies so that young people or people just entering the industry will have something to let them know that this agency is bona fide and works within these standards. If that seal or that certification is not there, then beware. Yes, exactly. It's like your organic stamp or your trade, your, fade, your fair trade stamp on your food. You know, if you, if you want to acknowledge that your food has some, you know, no pesticides or insecticides and it has sustainability and good practice and, you know, it's, it's, um, your supply chain is clean then you'll, you'll go for the fair trade. And it's a little bit the same with the model. You know, RTM will create a certification which will show end-to-end -end that the supply chain is clean. And by end-to-end, -end, I mean the factory workers, you know, making sure that they're paid on time and that their, you know, their clothes have been looked after and there's no child labor. And equally, at the other end of the scale, you know, I'm gonna be taking care of the models, ensuring best practice. This is so a tall in, order, Elizabeth. Yes. Yeah, you're biting off a big piece. That's well, I won't be looking up. There's lots of people that deal with the, the, yes. the factory side of it and, and the supply chain. But at the other end, yes, I'll be looking up. So yes, it's a it's a global endeavor. Um, but I think that it's it's doable. Yes, it is a big job. <laughs> it is a big job, and thank goodness you're here. Do you have support from within the industry? Like as you've been going out, you know, doing your research and whatnot. Do you have do you have people in your corner now that are ambassadors, that are, you know, people who have been models previously that are now working with you? What kind of support system has RTM got in terms of helping spread the word and support the, the goals? Well, I mean, initially it was very difficult, as I said, because, you know, nobody wants to have a light shined on them and feel blamed and shamed for something that they may or may not be complicit in. So initially, the conversation was very much, 
don't worry. I understand that, you know, you're trying as hard as you can, um, but we need to expose, you know, the bad practices that are going on. So um, that was the first conversation. And then the second conversation is, you know, actually, you will look really good if you join this endeavor because you will be seen as part of a movement, you know, um, the millennials love, you know, the consumers love that, that the brand is doing something worthwhile and keeping people safe. So this is a good conversation. So this, these are the conversations that we've been having. And now, finally, you know, brands are seeing that as part of their corporate social responsibility, this is a good look. And also model agencies are seeing that this isn't scary. It's just showing the world that they are a good agency. And it's showing the brand that if they want to um, source from a good agency, which agencies to pick. So a little bit like you source your good food, you can source yeah. your models responsibly. It sounds so simple when you put it out like that. Like it's amazing to me that that's not the way it's always been, that now it takes someone like you to revolutionize the industry to put these safeguards in into place. Well, I think... This is this is why I think that the sort of social aspect of this also drove me um, towards this. It's because the world has really changed and social media has made a huge impact on everybody's lives. And it's opened up the fashion industry in a way that was never open before. So we're all affected by it. I mean, we all, I mean, you know, that's what horrified me is that I buy fashion and I had no idea what was really going on in the industry. And I think that, um, you know, when, you, when I saw that, um, that the world had changed and socially we needed a different type of structure to um, support that, then for me, it was a no-brainer to do something. But I think I went in quite naively. <laughs> <laughs> How realize. so? What do you mean? Well, you know, I'd been in food before and marketing, and, and I thought nothing could be worse than that. I mean, you know, battling with manufacturers and, and trying to tell people that they were eating badly and putting them on diets they didn't want to go on and <laughs> doing detoxes when, you know, they wanted to eat, you, you know, sweets and, and fizzy drinks. Mm. So, you know, and I worked with Jamie Oliver and was trying to sort of, like, lessen the sugar intake of people. And, and so, you know, I'd battled all that, and so I thought, well, how hard can this be? I mean, people are suffering, you know, every, you know, there are every, there are kids out there that may or may not be models, but they may be affected by this, either through mental health or through having an eating disorder, or because you know social media is a is in everybody's lives. So why not protect? Why not ensure safety? And are you seeing? Are you seeing people gravitate towards it now? Like, are you seeing, are people like, I don't know, I'm going to name drop. Like, is, are people like the Naomi Campbells and the, and the, you know, Heidi Klum's or Carrie Closes of the world coming your way? Are you starting to get people coming to you now as opposed to you having to go out and constantly, you know, with your placard bang on doors and fight the good fight? Well, I, I can tell you that Naomi Campbell did call me. <laughs> but she uh, and yes and she's a great advocate for this um, and because you know uh, she you know she's been in the industry for such a long time and she's a great advocate for change so and she she sees this as something that is very possible um, and I have but you know I had Emma Thompson for example the actress who's 
who has a charity with um, with refugees, and she's seen um, refugees being lured in through the fashion industry. So she's seen the problem from the other end, and so therefore wants Can to. Can you be... tell us a bit more about that? Like, because it sounds like there's also kind of a a dark seducing of the vulnerable to come yes. in through the guise of modeling. Yes. Can you talk a bit about that? Well, I think it, you know, my understanding of it is, and I'm not, I haven't been in the industry and I'm not 12 years old, so, you know, but from, from my research, you know, there is some horrible statistics which say that, you know, 10-year-olds are now concerned about their weight um, and that um, there's, you know, one in five 15-year-olds self-harming because of body dysmorphia and body image issues. All startling statistics. And I think that people feel they exist on their social media. Mm -hmm. And there's a certain rating system that goes on. And so... They build an Instagram following that then rates them by liking them. So they put a photograph, photograph of themselves up on Instagram, and then they say, like me. So they give all their self-esteem to their followers, who then have to like them back. And if that photograph doesn't get liked sufficiently, their self-esteem drops, which then leads to mental health disorders and all of the other And modeling agencies are more and more using Instagram followers as currency for, you know, just like a model's measurements in terms of, you know, what might entice a client to hire that particular yes. man or woman over another. Exactly. And so before I came here, actually, I was had an interview with this retailer, and they were saying it's extraordinary the way... Um, you know, makeup and beauty sales have gone completely up. Uh, you know, the, it's extraordinary, the consumption of these products. And it's because, you know, everybody is buying into looking more beautiful and that we are exposed all the time by it. So the lure is huge. And models are seen as very popular. They're seen as earning a lot of money. They're seen as, um, as, as having it all. And that's what people want. And that's the lure. So if somebody comes up to you in the mall and says, you're beautiful, I'm going to make you famous, come with me. It's very easy at 14 to think, oh, yeah, 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 that I'm going to be the next yeah. Kendall Jenner or Gigi Hadid or Guy Gerber. And did you come across um, maybe young women or women who are now not, you know, not so young anymore who had that experience of someone coming up to them in a mall of experiencing that kind of scam Yes. Of the industry? Yes. I've, you know, I was talking to somebody today who said that they were in Miami and when they were young and that there would be these people hanging around, luring people, telling them that they were beautiful and saying that they wanted to sign them up as part of their modeling agencies. Because so. I think it's a believe them moment, right? Like yes. it's, it's one of those things that can kind of sound so, so extraordinary or so like, really? Like that's still, that happens that we need to, we need to believe them and say, yes, like there are predators out there that are using this guise of modeling as a way to, uh, to abuse power. Yes. There are predators. The abuse of power is, is always there if there are no standards put in place. I mean, I, 
there is, um, I always say that, you know, Moses went up into Mount Sinai and came down with his Ten Commandments. You know, it wasn't the Ten Suggestions. It was the, <laughs> it was the, the Ten Commandments in order to stop, you know, the idolatry and the, you know, the, all the other fornifications and things that were going on that shouldn't be happening. And it's a little bit like this industry. Unless you have something stamped in place that prevents people from doing the things that naturally they're drawn to, because people push boundaries and they do abuse power and that's the way it is. Unless people, there's something there to stop it. Unfortunately, people do abuse. Now, there must be moments of hope. There must be moments <laughs> so as no, you're out so there. Gloomy, you know, because you need, you need things that gloomy. lift you up to keep you going, yeah. right? Where are you seeing, where are you optimistic? Where are you experiencing that like, oh, they're getting it and you know that you're on, that you're on a path that others are walking behind you on? Yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, I have that every day. I have, I think, wow, you know, this is so great. We've got movement and things are happening and people are listening. And look, I'm here today and, and you know, you're interviewing me. And you've given me this, you know, Kappa have given me this amazing platform. And, and this is now a conversation, which is a huge step up from, you know, two and a half years ago when this was not a conversation. I mean, now people are really listening and there is a huge chance that, you know, safety nets will exist, that models are taking, you know, that they're, that the professional side of modeling will be taken more seriously, um, that standards will be put into place, and people are beginning to understand the effect of social media so that, you know, there are, you know, there, there are ways of, of stopping the abuse. I hear you talk, I hear your um, practitioner within you still, and that concern of, of mental health and, and healing that element in people, I sense that's still very much a part of, of you and the work you're doing with this, because by putting these standards in place, you're affecting the mental health of the people who go into the industry, no? Yes. I think, you know, I keep going back to it, but it is, this is next generation that we are really trying to prevent from, you know, harm, because they're the next politicians, they're the next leaders of industry. And for me, we need to get this right now. So I have um, an urgency to ensure that this happens soon. So I'm, you know, asking all brands to step up now and all modeling agencies to step up now and for models to take their profession seriously, that this isn't, you know, it's not a game because you can get into it and be harmed. Do you have the, 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 that certification in place? Like, do you have the checklist of what the agency needs to be able to um, assert or, or, or standards it needs to keep? Like, have you started to give out that stamp of certification yet? Or is that... Yeah, actually, that's a really good question. So, for people that are here, if you have an Instagram, if you go to um, models underscore trust and follow me, please. Mm -hmm. And then um, there on the bio is a link to a manifesto. And that manifesto is the beginning of um, the standard but the standard is industry-led. So what I have is I have suggestions there of things that need to change. So, for example, nudity. You know, I, I think there should be a, a week, somebody should be given a week 
to decide if they want a nude shot or not. Um, I don't think they should be given one minute or two minutes. Um, I think that, you know, under 16 should be, under 18, sorry, should be chaperoned, for example, so they don't get sent to Japan and other places on their own. Um, I think that there should be a limit that they, you know, they get paid on time within a month or two months, whatever the industry decides, but I think eight months is not re respectable. And do you have people in the industry that are helping you kind of seal those then? Or is that the manifesto and you're like, industry, here it is? Like, No, absolutely not. So I'm, I'm putting forward these points because these are the points, the reference points. Then industry, and when I say industry, I say brands, modeling agents, models, casting directors, stylists come together from various countries and we talk about what good looks like. And then something called the British Standards Institution creates the certification over modeling agencies. And then that becomes a stamp, a little bit like your organic stamp. So this is very much industry-led. The reason being that I don't think you can impose something on an industry, you know, and expect them to take it up unless you have their buy-in. And the only way I can really get their buy-in is by engaging them in what best practice looks like to them. Because right. there are people that are upholding it anyway now without it being a manifesto. So, you know, let's put it down in writing. Let's make sure everybody does it. And it's not anti-competitive, you know, because it's a little bit like the construction industry that didn't have very much health and safety for a long time, you know. But now they do, and it's, they're still, you know, uh, construction companies that are a lot better than others. And are you... Are you Designing anything that, because you've talked a few times about how uh, models might not understand the nature of their job or there's a certain maybe, um, you know, ignorance just because they've been approached un unexpectedly about being in the industry. Is there something to help educate the models as well about what it means to be a model, what your responsibilities are, what is okay, what is not okay? that sort of the standard as well? Is that something you're working on? Yes, yeah, so um, the, if, you are, if you are a model from a signed agency, because my, the idea is that every, there's sort of buy-in wherever you go. So to encourage you know, you know, models that want to be signed to go to the right agencies, um, if you are a model signed to an agency that is certified, then you get free a training in a fashion school. But you have to be in an agency that is certified. So therefore you won't risk going to that scammer or risk going to an agency that doesn't have the certification. It's a way of, you know, it's a sort of stick and carrot, stick and carrot. So in the training you learn everything from finance and contracting to how to walk, makeup, nutrition, and, um, and, and actually, you know, that you are an influencer and that what you say is very important and how to speak in sound bites and get an idea of actually what you believe in because often you're asked your opinion on a lot of things. And these kids are 16. They, I, mean, it's, I mean, I certainly didn't know what I thought at 16. Really. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Any of us at 16 barely know what we're having for breakfast the next day, let alone being expected to, you know, make big decisions like, like political what they're asking. Yes. Elizabeth, I see you as like the stone that has just been thrown into the pond of the fashion industry and the ripple effects are just, 
are just beginning. If people want to be part of this ripple effect, where can they find out more about the, re the Responsible Trust for Models? So if you go to um, at models underscore trust, um, you will learn everything that we are doing. You will learn about the manifesto and the people that are involved in it. So you'll see people that are part of the endeavor. And then if you would like to sign up to the manifesto, um, you go to the modelstrust.com and it will take you to the manifesto site. And you just sign your name, which is great because we need a community of people to sign up and say, yes, we believe in this. Yes, we want standards. We want to protect our children. We think this is a good conversation. This isn't a scary conversation. This is a good conversation, you know, that we want to have. It's a conversation for change. It's a conversation for change. It certainly is. Thank you so very, thank very you, much Donna. for being here. Um, thank you, everyone, for coming and being here today at Toronto Fashion Week. Um, you can follow the podcast at Fashion Talks Pod. You can follow me at This Is Donna B. We love hearing your, your feedback. A big thank you to CAFA, our producing partner. You can find out more about the Canadian Arts and Fashion Awards at CAFA Awards. That's C-A-F-A-W-A-R-D-S. And many, many thanks to Toronto Fashion Week for, hoping, for hosting us here today. Um, thank you so much for being here. I'm going to open it up to questions now. If anyone has any questions for Elizabeth. This is always the worst part if you're the audience, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's the best part. Does anyone have any questions? Anybody with children who want to be models? Anybody who has been a model? No? All right. Well... Well, if you I'm, think I'm, of anything, Elizabeth will be hanging around for a few minutes. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.